This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings from Phoenix, Arizona. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 13th, episode 1952, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And Jamie, I have a story that has your name all over it. Oh, really? Yes. What did I do? Now, this is out of Georgia, but it's not the Georgia you're familiar with. It's Georgia, Russia. Okay. Uh, all right. So We're now Georgia. there's lots of eggs. There's lots of. Uh, <laughs> Chicken farmers and uh, poultry farmers and lots of egg farms in Georgia, Russia. And they thought they had a really big batch of bad eggs because they apparently had... I don't know why they thought that, but they brought the eggs to the dump. And it was really warm that day at the dump. And within hours, there was hundreds and hundreds of tiny chicks running all over the dump. And what? go to the link I put on the show notes page there. Uh, careful, it has a video that pops up. But uh, you're going to see pictures of the little chicks running all over the dump. Baby chickies! <laughs> By the oh hundreds! <laughs> oh my gosh! Hundreds of eggs hatch in the middle of a landfill site after being thrown out because they were... Spoiled. Can you imagine the oh garbage man God. showing up that morning? <laughs> Here is thousands of baby chicks everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so this is why you don't have a rooster because I am terrified of two things. The times we've had roosters that I'm going to do this to throw away an egg that has a baby in it, or I'm going to make Lucas breakfast and crack an egg. And there's gonna be <laughs> yeah. Like, we always worried about that. When we had our own eggs too, actually. I was like, I'll never, I'll never crack an egg again. If that happens. I'll I'm never. trying to I'd think like, if that ever actually happened to us, but it was always one of our biggest fears because you know, it's like you, we found eggs every freaking place. So you yeah. never, the other thing that worried me is we never quite knew if they were fresh or not, because you'd find them every freaking place. You didn't know when they were laid. So it's like, yeah. it, you know, if we weren't sure, we would definitely throw them out. <laughs> yeah, if in doubt, throw them out. And, and you can test them, see if they, if they float, they're bad, you know, the things like that. However, um, just so you guys know, the neighborhood people came out and picked up the babies and everybody took home some babies. Oh, my God, there's like hundreds Free of Free chickens for everybody. <laughs> and just to keep you guys aware of what's going on in my home, because my husband is out of town, what does that mean? I have to get new animals. Uh, what so, do you do? Uh, Yesterday, I was on this, like, 
message page and somebody was like, hey, we got some chickens here that um, they used to be, we're, we're, our petting zoo is now kind of uh, done for the summer. So if anybody's looking for a chicken that came from a petting zoo and I was like, uh, yeah, hello, <laughs> like tame giant chickens, like one of those big Now it is a hen, big. right? You did confirm It's that. a hen. Okay. It's an adult. I don't know how old it is. It might not even lay eggs anymore. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll take a chicken that came from a petting zoo, right? So I get out there and it's in this tiny little cage and Lucas is so excited. He like carries the chicken home in the car because it's in our neighborhood. He was like holding it. It's a giant, massive chicken. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna uh, post a picture on our horses in the morning auditors page in just a second. Oh my god! So we get this chicken. I bring it home. It's massive. He's in love with it. He names it Iron Man. Okay, so <laughs> Iron Man, the new chicken, is in the back, and I'm like, dude, we gotta leave Iron Man in the coop for a little while so Iron Man can get used to where he lives. She lives. And then she'll so he's like cool with that. So we put Iron Man in the cage in the coop and leave. And then you know a couple hours later, he's like, I want to go hold Iron Man. I want to go hold Iron Man again. This is a chicken from a petting zoo. He runs out. He opens up the coop, goes to grab Iron Man, and Iron Man pecks the crap out of him three times. <laughs> I was like. He's like, Mom, Iron Man packed me three times. I'm like, I saw that. Uh, I don't know how that happened because it's supposed to be from a petting zoo. <laughs> like, clearly, they didn't say how good like he children. was at his job, did they? Did you get well, a report card? Why I know they were selling Iron Man. I even asked him. I was like, "What's what's his name? What's her name?" And oh, yeah, she doesn't have a name. You can name her anything you want. And he's like, "Iron Man." <laughs> Iron Man is turning out to be a little bit of an a hole. <laughs> well, so. Iron Man was too. So it fits. It, the name is perfect. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like the chicken is literally pecks him uh, like I crazy. Hope, I hope the other the chicken doesn't go after the other chickens. That's always the biggest fear. Oh, she's already got her butt kicked. They, they yeah. have a sorting. They they sort everything out. They're like horses in the pasture. They're yep. like, hey, you're new. You're at the bottom. But then you Even always have that one bigger. jerk, just like on the school bus. You always had that yeah. one jerk, and you do in chickens, too. There's always one jerk in a flock. Oh, yeah. yeah. Corona grabbed a big old mouthful of feathers. So we're, she's been schooled to the chickens, <laughs> just not schooled to the child yet. Anyway, that's my chicken story. Great chicken story. Uh, <laughs> Story, Glenn. How did you find that a daily Daily Mail boy? The good quality stories can always be found on Daily Mail. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And I wouldn't believe it because it's on the Daily Mail, except for there's video. There's video and pictures of the thousands of chickens running around the dump. (laughs) So, uh, Jemmy, what's coming up on today's show? You guys didn't prepare me for all this chicken cuteness this morning. I'm still like <laughs> reeling from it. I mean, the little it's chicks so look like little cotton balls rolling around. They're so cute. And I can't wait to see a picture of the giant female chicken named Iron Man. This is going to be <laughs> awesome. We, are, we have the whole. This has been too, a great show way. already. <laughs> this is great. Oh, my gosh. So on today's show, uh, in our weekly horse health report, Dr. Erica Latcher from Spring Hill Equine calls in to talk about recognizing pain in your horse. What are those telltale signs? Sally from Heels Down joins us for some fresh conversation and laughter, I'm sure. Plus, Jamie gives us third world problems in the first half of Chapter 30 of the Opium Equation. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, hey, Glenn, are you planning on whipping up a batch of your famous chili tonight by any chance? I am not. Should I? 
Well, because today is National Kitchen Klutzes of America Day, and I still will never let you live down that cooking disaster. In my defense, it was right before a hurricane, and I had to use the ingredients I had, which were not good. So, Wait, what did you, did you make? Nothing. Something poisonous? Nothing. Nothing at all. The dog. Nothing. So, uh, my daily winning goes out to... One of our terrific auditors, Mary Calkins' birthday is today. So happy birthday to Mary. Happy birthday, Mary. <laughs> My daily Winnie goes out to Jimmy. I just I just laugh all the time at how it must be when your boss. You're like now, but you know, he's this guy, this random guy at some thing says, Hey, let's hire you to be a producer. And I just, I, I, I think of it all the time, especially when I see you post something or click like on something. I, I'm like, she must think that she has boarded a spaceship and gone onto another planet. <laughs> dealing with out of body experience from time to time. <laughs> and that by time to time, I mean, most of the time. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I just experiencing bad chili too. <laughs> oh yeah, getting scolded on Facebook about um race uh, race you know horse races I need to tune in too. It's, it's Yeah, a, did you by the way, journey. did you tune in on the other day? Yeah. Okay, that was so my the funniest question. thing happened and I swear on all the holy this is a true story. <laughs> oh god. I swear on all the holy. So I I was dedicated to tuning in uh glenn you gave me the 45 minute countdown warning so i set my alarm i'm like okay here we go and i go to um i didn't bother looking it up ahead of time i pressed the little button the voice control thing on, on the on my remote and my entire cable box froze and i couldn't get it to do anything including shutting off for about two three minutes i was like son of a so then i finally got it on and caught it on the replay. So I caught it right after it was over, but I did watch it literally two, three minutes after everybody else did. I swear that's what happened. This is a true story. Please forgive me. <laughs> you watched it. That's something. <laughs> I did. I did. Yay. Just fine. <laughs> yeah it's okay the fact just you know I, it's so funny when you do set your dvr and a couple times you know they keep pause it to get it to go pee i would come back and be like oh my god and i have my phone in my hand like don't look at my phone what if i missed it <laughs> i didn't want somebody to spoil it while i was looking at my phone some jerk on facebook going justify wins which by the way there were a lot of them and i just think all the time what if somebody DVR'd it? You've ruined it for them. But Jimmy, I just, I, I just, I really appreciate you coming into this world with such an open, open eyes and open heart and open arms, I guess, to to tolerate this nonsense. I mean, you guys should hear in the pre-show meeting when we talk about things. She doesn't know if, like, we'll talk about. Uh, so coming up today, I thought about this recognizing pain in horses, the telltale signs. And I just think she probably thinks we're making this up like this. <laughs> 
like she's got to talk about it on the on the day show. I wonder if she's like, is this good to it? Can it be a joke? I, can't. I and then you, but you come on this show where half of it is a joke. Right, <laughs> we're right. really confusing. So anyway, yeah. daily when he goes out to you for for we have never done fake news on this arms. show ever. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. I don't know how she puts up with us. I know. And then, then she has to put up with me extra. By the way, I do want to put a pl- quick plug in while she's getting our guest on that the Finding Florida next episode is out. Uh, we did Fort Lauderdale and we did the fancy side of Fort Lauderdale for so lots of expensive things we got to do, including I got a spa treatment and actually had my feet done. I had a pedicure. So there's pictures just, of that as well. It's unsettling to I know. Think about it was kind of unsettling somebody. for me to do, to be honest. Uh, finding it was Florida. very thrilling for me to watch. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you had your eyeballs Jimmy, sucked out. Right. I don't even want to hear that. That was that was weird looking. Uh, they do Jimmy, weird stuff at you, spas. I'm just saying. Did you, have you seen Dumb and Dumber? When the, I have. It's been a long time, but I, yeah. Well, they go in for because they find all that money, not to spoil a movie. Oh, that's yeah. 20 years no, we old. totally made a joke. We, we, oh, look, that joke came up during the session. Yes, it did. <laughs> it did. I was sure he, they were going to bring out a buffer. I told them they need, I, I gave them a warning. I said, you're, you're dealing with a guy who's on a farm in, in cowboy boots all day. Like, <laughs> just prepare yourself. Oh, you, you know what? We got to move on because thinking of your feet is making me a little bit. <laughs> it was making me ill, too. So I, I get it. I'm totally with you. Well, I can't wait to listen to that show. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. And we've got Dr. Latcher on with us again uh, from Spring Hill Equine. Good morning, Dr. Latcher. Good morning. How are you guys today? Thank you for coming back again. You're just a glutton for punishment, aren't you? <laughs> Definitely. I'm an equine veterinarian. That's the only way to be. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You live it. You live it for sure. Well, you guys I do. Wrote, yeah. wrote an article at springhillequine.com called Recognizing Pain in Horses. And um, this is something that I think everybody is interested in. You know, we all love our horses and we want to know if they are in pain. So tell us a little bit about how we do this. Well, horses being a prey species, and, and most of our pets, to be honest, but horses in particular, they don't really like to show us pain. So it's up to us as owners and veterinarians to really cue into those subtle signs that they give us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our goal, was to try to, to help people notice that. But the big thing is, you know your horse. And if your horse is doing something that is abnormal for them, that is often the first sign that they have some pain somewhere and it can be incredibly subtle, but I always tell my clients, like don't discount that even little tiny sign that your horse is giving you that they're in pain. So, um, I just want to back up a little bit. I, I, I was trying to figure out who wrote this article and, um, Tony, the office cat, the cat of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wrote yeah. this article. Uh, he's a really educated cat. He's gleaned a lot off of working in a veterinary <laughs> practice. Um, it's impressive, but I, I was wondering because I have two Mustangs and the yeah. two Mustangs that I have will not 
show pain. I have one horse that got an abscess and oh my God, you think he's dying? He's like, you know, non-weight bearing a leg in the air. Oh my God, my foot hurts. And then the other, one of the Mustangs blows the abscess out the coronary band. You never knew it was in there. Never showed a lameness. (laughs) So is that typical of different breeds to be different, the levels of showing pain? Yes. It's a bit like, you know, the man flu when men get a little (laughs) bit of an illness. Hey, and they're dying. Hey, yeah, so yeah. that's hey, I'm still hey, here. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so I own a thoroughbred, and he thoroughbreds are the poster children for the man flu. You know, they get a teeny <laughs> tiny little abscess or a scratch, and they're often a bit melodramatic about it and hold their foot up in the air and can't move. Mm-hmm. Um, those horses are not the difficult ones. You know, they're going to tell you very clearly, like, ow, my foot hurts to do something. The Mustangs, um, in general, these are stereotypes, but in general, the Mustangs, um, the Tennessee Walkers are very, very, very stoic. Standard breads are unbelievably stoic. Um, those breeds, we have to really cue into the more, the more little tiny things that they show us. You know, for instance, on your Mustang, if you really, really, really watch them, and sometimes you have to do it from across the barn. You can't be right up on them. They won't show you. But if you watch them, they'll give you a little tiny toe point on a foot or they'll, you know, they'll be in the back of the stall when they're normally in the front or they'll be in a weird spot in their pasture. You know, I mean, they can be very, very, very tiny cues. If they're out with other horses, they'll walk away from the herd a little bit. Um, the, The big one for us, though, is really looking at facial expressions. That's a huge one for us. Yeah. So, so I was reading this and. What are some of the facial expressions that a horse would give you if they're in pain? The the easiest one to see is the nostril. If you go out and look at, the key is we'll go look at a bunch of normal horses, or at least ones you, you think are, are as normal as horses get. Um, go <laughs> look at a bunch of normal horses, and you'll see that their nostril is relatively round normally when they're relaxed and calm and just, you know, kind of hanging out doing horse things. When you see painful horses, that nostril gets a point to it, especially at the back, kind of towards their eye. Um, and it can even become very triangular shaped. The, the pointier the nostril is, the more painful they are. Uh, and they'll get a bunch of wrinkles kind of behind the top of their nostril. And it's, like I said, if you look at a normal horse standing in a stall being happy, they don't have those. Oh, I have a little dog back there. I don't know if you guys can hear him. He's helping. Um, so <laughs> we love, we appreciate that on the show. <laughs> you'll see those wrinkles kind of along the edge of the nostril. And then you also look up to the eye and you'll see that the upper eyelid gets a point to it and it also gets wrinkles behind it. And those are really big clues for us that that horse is in pain and may not be showing it with other ways. You know, they may not be pointing to a leg and saying it's this one. Right. Okay. So when I'm looking at the picture that you guys have, and again, it's springhillequine.com, it's almost like the nostril is a bit of an egg shape for those that can't look at this right now. It's like almost an egg shape with the point of the egg being up towards the eye. 
And then mm-hmm. the, I, and it's funny, you know, how many horses people think, oh, my horse is such a jerk when I groom him. And they have this same facial expression, especially thoroughbreds, red thoroughbreds, especially, I think. Um, and th- <laughs> Mine's this red, is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the red thoroughbreds are like super sensitive, <laughs> and, uh, all the ones I've known. Um, so they all get this facial expression and it looks like it's irritation, but actually it could be that it's in pain. Correct. And that's, that's where, you know, having a conversation with your veterinarian about my horses doing this, um, we never discount that from owners. They spend hours and hours with their horses and they know them really well. I'm not going to say that that's where, that's where it can be very difficult. You know, it's not an easy process sometimes for us to determine where that pain is coming from. But that's a horse telling us that something in their life right there is not comfortable for them. And we may need to adjust what we're doing to figure out how we make grooming, for instance, a a little bit more comfortable process for them. Okay. Now tell us, I feel like this is a very important thing to learn the basis, the, the basics of, but the heart rate is a very good indicator of pain as well. Huge indicator. If you are suspicious that your horse is painful, walk into their stall with a $5 stethoscope uh, and you put it just behind their left elbow. There's a little bit of a depression there in the heart girth area, why it's called the heart girth. Uh, (laughs) Really press your stethoscope in and you'll hear a a very slow lub-dub sound. Um, A lub-dub is one heartbeat, not two. It's really tough because horse heartbeats can be very, very slow. And uh, oftentimes it's easy to double count that, but you'll hear lub-dub, that's a one. Um, Normal heart rates for horses are somewhere between 28 and 48. Um, Every horse sort of has their spot. You know, for instance, the thoroughbreds tend to be a little bit lower resting heart rate. So a 28 heart rate may be normal. Now, if you walk into that horse's stall and they're standing there looking relatively quiet, but they have a heart rate of 54, they are definitely painful somewhere. So this is important that's, that's to, to get that $5 stethoscope and go check out your horses now and just understand what their typical resting heart rate would be. So, because I, th- I think it's such an important thing when you call your vet, you've got to have a couple things already. You've got to have a couple things known. Your horse is acting sick. You need to have that heart mm-hmm. rate. You need to have a temperature. You need to have the CRT, the capillary refill time, the skin pinch test, things like that. You need to be able to tell your vet, this is abnormal. And if you know your horse's resting heart rate, then you're able to tell them, hey, the heart rate is way high. Um, is that something that exactly. you expect from your clients? We love it when they call us, you know, sometimes they're in a full on panic and getting a heart rate can be difficult in those situations, but <laughs> it's fantastic to me when someone calls and says, look, Flicka's heart rate is normally 32 and she's just not acting right. And I took her heart rate and it's 60. Like that's not normal. And that is, oh Lordy, I'm headed your way right now. Like that's really? what that means for me. That's how vital that one piece of information is. Well, yeah. if, if you guys want your vet to come out quickly, you just go ahead and get their heart rate and see, you'll be, you'll be <laughs> one of those good clients there. Um, so, uh, the so last is it better to that... say that the heart rate's a thousand or two? <laughs> just 
to get you out quickly. Uh, yeah, you don't want to say a thousand. That's really, really, really bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but a hurry of 28 in a horse is very, very, very normal. Like that's our athletic horses will often get them down that low. Jeez. Incredible. You would think that it would be different. Yeah. You would think an athletic. Yeah, yeah, thoroughbred type horse would have a higher resting heart rate because they're a little bit hotter. Um, it's actually because of efficiency of the lungs and the heart in terms of pumping blood and oxygenating it. And so that's that's how they do what they do. They have a bunch of different adaptations, which is a whole nother conversation. But um, that's why their resting heart rates can be incredibly low. Um, okay. I will say also one of the best ways to determine subtle pain signs in horses is put a stall camera in and watch it on fast forward and you'll be amazed what you can see. <laughs> uh, the, the last thing that you have is lameness is obviously a sign of pain. Um, talk a little bit about the different types of lameness. Well, we all are pretty good at getting on our horses and especially at the trot. It's the easiest trotter jog is the easiest gait for us to feel unevenness in. Those aren't the tough ones. It is the, the lesser ones that particularly show up in the canter, you know, like, oh, my horse is only upset when I'm cantering on the left lead turning left, you know, or after a jump or, you know, coming from walk to canter those sorts of things. And again, you can use those same nostril and eye cues when you're looking at a horse under saddle. So if you have doubts that your horse is lame or having a training issue, we have a couple of recommendations. And one is get a friend to video your horse's head in particular up close while you're riding and use those same clues to tell you, is this a training issue or a pain issue? Um, and that has been a huge kind of thing for us to be able to eliminate some of those where the owners were sure it was a behavioral issue. We look at that nostril on video and we say, no, no, there's a pain issue. And mm -hmm. it can also help us know that we have found the right spot when that goes away. And it's interesting uh, because I've, I've said this so many times and now Tony, the office cat has written it into the article Horses don't fake lamenesses. I, I've I've read nope. so many on oh, my horses. <laughs> I've seen on Facebook. Oh, he just fakes it to get out of work. They don't think like that. No, they don't. They absolutely. Well, don't. let me clarify. Horses don't think like that. But do ponies think like that? Because I kind of think they do. <laughs> okay. Well, ponies are smarter than horses. I'm convinced. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I might put ponies in that category, but I would have to see it proven before I okay. believe. Okay. Well, I got a hackney <laughs> pony. You can come over anytime and see what you think. Uh, All right. Something that's really uh, valuable, I think, when you are trying to see if your horse is lame, is do the butte test and explain what the butte test is. The, the butte test is also another kind of down and dirty, quick and easy. Um, for us, we put them on an appropriate dose of butte for their body weight. So for an average horse, that is two grams of butte once a day. Um, we do that for three days. On that third day, when you're riding your horse, that's when you really ask yourself, okay, did the behavior go away or is it still here? If the behavior has completely gone away, it is almost undoubtedly a pain response. Um, oftentimes though, the behavior will go down instead of completely away. And that just means that the butte has certainly modified a pain response. And so the horse is improving. 
Uh, if in doubt, what I often recommend for people is that they bring someone in who is not used to seeing their horse. So, you know, because we, we play into a lot of it, you know, we have hopes and dreams and fears about our horses. So I try to get an objective observer to come in and help me say like, okay, yes, he has definitely improved today. Or, uh, yeah, no, you're, you're kidding yourself. It's you. (laughs) (laughs) And how often as a veterinarian, are you allowed to say it's you? (laughs) <laughs> hopefully a lot more not as often as i'd like <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i think i've expected that from my vet like no and, and and she has said that like uh i called her for one horse she's like why are you calling me for this is it because it's this horse you know like it's it's clearly you <laughs> she has definitely uh alluded to that before but it is interesting that <laughs> how many times probably you guys want to say that as vets um it's you you're killing your horse yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie that's, that's a true <laughs> statement right there well again thank you so much for joining us i know you've come on several times and it's always a pleasure having you on give away your website and how people can find you and contact you if they need to or tony the cat <laughs> we're at springhillequine.com uh tony has his blog up there it's tuesdays with tony you can always find us there. We're also on Facebook. I try to be on Instagram, but I'm not very good at it. So we're not there as much. Um, and Tony can generally be found on the front counter at the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> he recognizes everybody as they come in. Well, Dr. Ledger, thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you again soon. Hopefully, if you'll come back. You are very welcome. Thanks, Dr. Ledger. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. Bye. I was over at uh, horselovers.com this morning, and they're having a clearance sale. Uh, Apparently, they're redoing the warehouse. I knew that they were going to be redoing the warehouse, but they have a clearance sale going on. So get this, Iridian breeches for $20 that were regularly $90. They have Shoshin. You know Shoshin, the bottles with the sprayer and the you know stuff? Everybody knows what Shoshin is. Yeah, it comes with the... This is the sprayer bottle, not the refill bottle, but the sprayer bottle. And it's usually, what, $10, $14? They have them for $6.99 right now um, is it bad that i just typed in the letter h on and, my computer and horse lovers horse comes lovers. <laughs> <laughs> um that's the bad. fact that horses in the morning doesn't come up means you never go to our website and always go to horse lovers that's what that means yeah they have polo true. shirts from noble outfitters for 12 dollars um they have knee patch tights f- marked down uh to 27 dollars so, I mean, the list goes on and on and on of what they have. They have denim breeches for juniors for $17. Need, uh, um, I mean, it just the breeches. list goes on. The Shoshin, they have the Shoshin pack. They have shirts. They have Western shirts. Uh, a lot of Iridian stuff. They must have had a lot of Iridian stuff left in the warehouse. They have. Can I just, can I stop you? Yeah. You owned a tech shop. Yeah. And Iridian is a name brand. Yeah. Does nobody pronounce it I ride on? I always say Iridian. That's I, what I've I always, said for twenty years. I well, I know that's what I'm saying, and and it clearly spells I ride on. I know, but, but I, I think that was intentional. They call it Iridian, yeah. Okay, they do. Okay, yes. I was wondering what they called it. Yeah, no, they called Iridian. 
Okay. Yeah. So it just goes on and on. There's just pages and pages and pages and pages of stuff here. So if you're in the market for anything, or even if you're not, that's never mattered in the past. Uh, definitely. Oh my God. It says sale. Everything must go. You I know. <laughs> yeah. How can you resist that? Right. Um, the other thing is they have a contest right now. You know how they're always having their contest giving away show outfits. Well, they have one from Tough Rider right now. That's on there. You can just go sign up to win that. That's a $360 value. That's on their website. Uh, and let me see here. One other thing, the flash sales. Again, they have the Iridian. It's Iridian Day. They have the Iridian uh, show shirt for $33 down from $120. Uh, and they have white riding breeches for 40 bucks. I know. From 140. I know. <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to start charging you extra for Wednesdays. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good day if you're looking for a deal and a bad day for horse husbands everywhere. Over at <laughs> horselovers.com. Oh my God. I love this coat. Is it bad? It's 105 outside. And I'm like, look at this. Noble Alfred's <laughs> coat. Gorgeous. I know, but it'll be cold sometime. For True. you, maybe not, but. For other people, it'll be cold sometime. But sometimes you want fashion. Even like I love coats. That's a thing. Oh, it's in red too. Oh my god, I gotta. All right, I gotta go. It's time. <laughs> first world problem. First world problem. First world problem. Now, let me start out by saying that if you have an equestrian problem, it is. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, first, how does it go? An equestrian problem. It is a first world problem, no matter what. And, you know, I'm really disappointed in the people that submitted today because some of these are like actually problems. The sarcasm, the dripping sarcasm is not there. These people have like real life problems. So, but I'm going to try to try to see the other side of it (laughs) because Jill posted, my husband never goes to the barn and now all of a sudden he wants to see my son's lesson because there's a show coming up and now i have to figure out how to hide the fact that my horse has a stall and isn't on pasture board (laughs) (laughs) like i told him um that's a real problem jill (laughs) that's like how are you gonna pull sorry drop my mic how are you gonna pull that off i mean that's a that's a i get it and you know what it's like the whole chicken thing i'm like lucas don't tell daddy we got a new chicken. What happens the first five seconds of the conversation? Look, daddy, we got a new chicken. <laughs> you can't trust a six-year-old. He's <laughs> five, and he should be more loyal to mom. No, I, I go, bud. He goes, oh, on the phone. He goes, oh, I forgot. I'm not supposed to tell you. <laughs> How am I supposed to get away with anything anymore? God. Um. <laughs> Karen says, and this is, again, a first world real problem. I did a full body clip on my horse tonight, and my husband wants to know how I got my clippers fixed. Hint, I didn't. Figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) We seem to have a theme going today, I see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I said, these are first world. These are real. (laughs) Lisa, who lives in New Zealand, says, I clip both my horses, and now I have more horse hair in my bra than my horses have on their body, and it's winter, and it sucks. (laughs) That's true. It's winter in New Zealand. Um, Carrie says, Hey, Jamie, your sound just went fluey on us so let me call you back okay all right i don't know what happened there but we'll we'll try and give her a call back jamie are you still with us i am okay good all right it's just her then probably 
Hopefully she comes back. This happens sometimes when she, her internet's about to crap out, and then we don't get her back. Are you back? Okay, oh, no. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, you Sorry, sound better. I, All right, go ahead. I undid my mic. I dropped the whole thing off the. Oh, maybe that's what. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do yeah. it. That big clunking <laughs> sound we heard a minute ago. Yeah, yeah that, was it. that was. That was. I get. I talk with my hands, and I get a little overly excited. And this mic stand is not very sturdy. <laughs> so I hit it. Okay. Did you guys hear Carrie's? Oh, no, I have to do Carrie's. So she said, I want to ride my horse after work today, but instead I have to go meet my friends for drinks and dinner. And I only said I could meet them today because the forecast called for rain, but now it's sunny and beautiful. (laughs) Like you don't want to miss that good day of riding. I get it. I I get it. You know, in my case, it depends who's paying for dinner. You know, if they're paying for dinner, then you're obligated to go. If they're not, then you can cancel. Yeah, that's true. No, you know what? I've realized I need to be more social because being that Chad's been gone and, and will be gone for a month, I have to, I, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't left my house in three days. <laughs> like, I've got to talk to another human that's not just somebody showing up to ride their horse because then you six. become in this abnormal <laughs> bubble. Yeah, exactly. Five, Glenn, he's five. Oh, sorry. I keep forgetting. <laughs> it's Jemmy's that's six and yours that's five. My son is six. Jamie's is five. Jeez. I know. Um, Joy says, and again, a real problem. My horse covered herself in paint by rubbing against a wet fence. (laughs) Explains why she asked me how to get paint out of her horse's hair. Um, Car wash. Did you tell her to take her to the car wash? Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, just pressure hose that thing. Scary said that he was given an incredible noble Alfred's tall boot bag to review for horse lovers and the horse radio network. But every time he tries to review it, Glenn is on vacation. <laughs> Seriously, dude, you have had a lot of vacation days this year. Yeah. I've been taking where I'm getting old. <laughs> now you've got Jimmy who can listen to our horse nonsense and sit back and home with me. And yeah, that's right. That's right. More vacations for me. <laughs> um, Taking one Stephanie. next week. Actually, we're, we're working next week, aren't we, Jimmy? We're working hard next we week. We are working very hard yeah. next week. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Stephanie says, I got to witness the Triple Crown because she was the one at Belmont. But the speakers were gibberish and the monitors were confusing. And everyone was jumping and screaming so much that it was like hard to see what was happening. And then he, until he galloped out in front of me. But I'm sure there were still people like jumping in front of her. So she had to spend hours when she got home watching the coverage and she's exhausted. The last time, <laughs> you know what? I'm with her. The last time I went to a college football game after not being able to see where it's crap where we were sitting and getting beer spilled all over me, it was like, why am I doing this when I can see much better at home yeah you, do you no. think that at all when you go to baseball games you have to think that a little bit um i don't like i love going to baseball games just sitting there because there's not people yeah, spilling beer i don't it's get why crazy. you like going to baseball games because 99.9 percent of the other people there are drinking beer and eating hot dogs and you don't you drink the beer but you don't get the hot dog experience what do you oh eat God. at a baseball game do you know that now you can find vegan hot dogs at, and vegan ha- veggie hamburgers at Almost every ballpark. The, the, no. I am not the only vegetarian in the world anymore, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <People have> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Sorry. All right. I'm continuing. <laughs> I don't want to hear y'all's mouth. That would be my first world problem. 
The fact that they have it, I'm shocked, to be honest. I'm really shocked. Kristen says, my pony ditched her pretty new halter in the field, and now she has to wear her ugly old one again. Girl, I know. <laughs> and you got to, like, I do the I do the, the walk for the fly mask every morning. Oh, please. somebody was asking yesterday, and I just, I cannot relate to this at all. Somebody was asking at the auditor page yesterday, there should be horse heads that you put your wet fly masks on, I guess after you wash them, so they keep their shape. We never, ever have fly masks that make it to the point where they actually need washing. Scooter destroys them long before that uh, oh, on both God. horses. They're, it just never I, happens. <laughs> I have to hose off in the wash rack the bottom part, uh, the Velcro, to keep it like still Velcroing. Because when we irrigate, we get a lot of water, and then the horses go, and they put their jaw in the mud and like rub it into the Velcro. <laughs> so that is all I have ever had to do is just hose it off. Yeah. I don't worry about it. Make some paper mache horse head. There you go. Oh, there you go. Get creative. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha says, um, because usually we do first world problems on Mondays, and I we were so busy on Monday that I decided to do it today. And Samantha says, I've worked for what feels like a million days in a row, and I thought I only had two more to go, and then Jamie freaks me out by making me think it's Monday again. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know the schedule better than I do. Sorry. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, they don't realize see. that 90% of the time we forget to do our regular segments. <laughs> it's like, I know. It's like, I know. They remember. We um, Kristen had even, she's like, oh, here's a better one. Carponi of the halter. I've lost so much weight. <laughs> I've lost so much weight this spring without even trying, so none of my breeches fit anymore, and now I have to buy all new ones. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Most of us are like, oh, God, I got to go up a size. <laughs> uh, I have a couple, and um, this one is, you guys, Zeus is wearing me out. I just, I don't know what to do. It's hot, so I can't ride him as much because if I if like if I don't ride at 6 a.m. I don't get to ride you know like sometimes at 7 7 15 I can get out there and ride but Chad's gone so I haven't been able to ride as much because I have Lucas and blah 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 so he is really bored and he is really trouble when he's bored and so my first world problem is my horse is so clever that if he can't get out of his stall because now I have to double chain everything if he can't get out of his stall and no one is looking he lets out his baby sister Zara yeah <laughs> he's teaching her the ways all right i came out the other day and i was like oh Zara's out. <laughs> and and yeah, she doesn't lead with her fly mask as well as the other ones. <laughs> like try to like yard her. <laughs> she has no clue that anything is wrong. She's like, hey, Zeus opened my gate. So I'm just going to hang out and eat some grain. Hey, I'm not allowed to have. <laughs> uh, another one is I'm, this is me. I'm teaching a cross country clinic and Flagstaff this weekend, which by the way is like, 72 degrees and I'm taking precious magic Gallup Jennings and Zeus but I don't have the proper cross country tack for precious magic Gallup Jennings she's a pony I don't have anything pony size to go school cross country I don't have pony boots I just have like polo wraps that I'm gonna have to cut and make them shorter <laughs> any ideas Glenn how do I manufacture some pony equipment real quick uh, yes hmm. See, the polo wraps, uh, you could make shorter, but then they're too wide. Uh, that's true. They come and, in and different the problem, widths, too. 
Yeah, that's true. And, and polo wraps are not great cross-country school. No. It means you go through the water, and then they get all full and heavy. He's a pony. He doesn't if... need polo wraps. Just Really? Go. Yeah. She's just a barefoot pony. Just let her just go yeah, with it. Yeah, let her go with it. And the problem is my cross-country saddle doesn't fit her because it's monoflap, and I don't have, like, a t- four-inch girth. For <laughs> 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 and now I have to use one of my crappy schooling saddles with a pony girth, and it's so uncomfortable, and I just like my own saddle. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, life is hard. Uh, and then finally, Aubrey, our auditor, Aubrey. I, you know, she didn't really submit this, but I was gleaning off of her Facebook page kind of how hard her life is. Because if you remember, Aubrey just got back from a, a vacation in Africa. Oh, yeah, where she yeah, was yeah. riding yeah. horses in we Africa. We had her on the show. Yeah, yeah. And... She's like really sad that she left her horses home because she's in Europe right now and she's um, in Dublin right now. And then she's going to go to London and then to Amsterdam and then to Germany. And she's like really missing her horses. So I message her and I'm like, by the way, I'm putting you in first world equestrian problems today because your problems are definitely first world. And she said, completely fair. But I actually have another one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So she says, I'm so tired from my horseback riding safari in Africa that I keep taking naps on my European vacation. (laughs) Girl needs to stay home. You think I take a lot of vacations? Holy crap. Uh, Well, I'm like, girl, you do it. Live it. She is living well. We have some auditors that really travel a lot. Yeah, we do. I'm really jealous of them. <laughs> I know exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Well, thanks everybody for submitting your sad, terrible, real problems that you have, and um, good luck to all of you in the future. Well, we're going to play a song, and after that, I have a couple of news stories. One that directly involves where you live. You're going to oh, love no. this one. You're going to love this one. So, Oh, I know about this one, actually. <laughs> Do you? I know. Oh, yeah. This is a really big deal in Arizona. It is a really... The neighbor uh, one? Yes. All right. We'll talk about yes. it after the song. All right. So here's uh, We're All on Our Way Somewhere by Tumble to Thompson. And we'll come back and we'll, uh, we'll take a look at this story. We're all on our way somewhere. Headed down some different roads It's easy to get lost out there We don't always find our way back home Sometimes life ain't fair We're all on our way somewhere We're all doing the best we can Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do We all need a helping hand To pick us up, to pull us through When we can't find the strength to stand We're all doing the best we can
not sound similar, but they're not the same. Me, I've lived through some living hell, when I'm still dealing with the pain. But I'm feeling better than I've ever felt. We ain't got our own story to tell. That was Templeton Thompson with We're All on Our Way Somewhere. You can find all of her music at templetonthompson.com. So do you want to do this story or do you want me to? Why don't you do your take on it? Uh, Just read the story and then I'll tell you what I know. Okay. So this is in Rio Verde, right? Uh, Arizona. And and I guess that's the far north, is it? Where's Rio Verde? From you. I don't know. I don't it's know it's somewhere to the east of me. Okay. Yeah, I gotta be. So, you know how neighbors sometimes don't get along? Well, that's what's happening here in Rio Verde. There's this, there's these two neighbors. The one neighbor has half a dozen horses, has like six horses, and the other neighbor apparently doesn't like horses very much and would rather the neighbor didn't have the horses. So, they've been bickering back and forth, and the bad neighbor, we'll call him the one who doesn't like horses, because that's what we think, the loser, um, will uh, decided that uh, they would do some planting along the, f- the mutual fence line. So, they planted oleanders. Now, Jamie, what is it about oleanders that's the problem, that they planted along the horse's fence <clears throat> line? Oleanders are very beautiful and they grow they very tall and they have lots of flowers and they're completely 100 million percent poisonous and will kill a dog, cat, horse, any of those things. So, once, and a horse yeah, will die if they eat like one to two leaves off of the oleander plant. So once they saw the the good neighbors with the horses, saw that the bad neighbors had planted the oleanders, they went over, hello, uh, you planted oleanders right next to the horses and they're highly toxic. And do you know what the bad neighbors said? Yup, 
we realize that. That's why we are doing it. So here's the deal. When you live in Arizona, <laughs> people have horses all over the place in their backyards. And it, it, there's not like a whole bunch of laws. But I believe this is more of like an a agricultural area, agricultural neighborhood. And so on the Arizona Horse Network is this Facebook page that pretty much if you have a horse, you're a member of in Arizona. And she, this, the, the good neighbor, the lady, she's been posting along as it goes, uh, the kind of saga and the drama of this whole thing. So she saw that the neighbor has, has not liked the horses and complained. Now, by the way, this neighbor moved in when she was already living there with the horses. Of course. So they knew they were moving in to a place with <laughs> horses next door. Yeah. And the problem in Arizona with horses is that it never rains here. So there's a lot of dust. So I would imagine they're tired of the dust, tired of complaint, you know, tired of the whole horse smell and everything is what they've said. And she notices that they've put a row of, you know, in the, in the, in the pots, oleanders about six feet from the fence, but they're still in the pots. And she's like, Hmm, I feel like, like they're going to plant oleanders. And then she sees them digging the holes and the holes they are digging. And her fence is probably five feet tall. The holes that they're putting the oleanders in are four inches from her fence. And when oleanders grow, which they grow very quickly with sun and water, boom, they go really crazy. Uh, they get really tall and their leaves fall off. I, I know this because we had oleanders when we moved here. Um, and to get certified to adopt, we actually had to cut them off, cut them down. So even though they're big and beautiful, they're highly toxic to humans and horses and everything. And their leaves fall off and they blow across pastures and things like that. And if the horse is bored, which they are in Arizona because they stand on freaking dirt, they eat the leaves and they die. Yep. And, and, and it is incredibly, incredibly toxic to horses. And this neighbor put them in four inches from her fence line when they're going to grow up really tall. And when asked, what, hey, those are really poisonous to my horses. He goes, yep, I know. That's why I did it. And now he's retracting that and saying, oh, I never said that. I never said that. But apparently the, I, I was watching as it kind of went along. So it's not like I, I'm looking back on this and it's one person's story. She was kind of documenting this as it goes like, hey, guys, look at this. This person is planting plants right next to my fence. Oh, my God. It's oleanders. Oh, my God. Look what he said. And so I've kind of been following you this know, as she's been posting if it. If it were me, those oleanders would mysteriously die one night. They'd be oh, all brown the next morning. Yeah, yeah. everybody's giving her ideas of how to uh, every we'll round up like, oh. and, and in the middle of the night take care of those plants in about a day. Exactly. Oleanders yeah, yeah. uh, are incredibly hard to kill because the ones that I cut down still grow back, and I chopped them off and killed them. By the them way, all I, the one thing them. in this story, the uh, Valley veterinarian Sherry. Babiak told ABC 15 that she's seen oleander plants weaponized against animals before. What the hell's going on there in Arizona there, Jamie? Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, the heat makes everybody really mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
really angry, but I have thought it was pretty funny at how many people have told her how to kill the plants. Well, (laughs) I know how we can make everybody happy, and I don't know why it is. It's just a horrible coincidence, or just a, you know, a a very much a coincidence that every time Jemmy's on, we happen to have a marijuana story. Um, But uh, apparently, Healthy Hemp... I don't appreciate the implication. (laughs) Healthy Hemp Pet Company uh, has now released hemp oil products for horses. So I think that if we just give everybody a little hemp oil in that whole neighborhood, it might help. Um, I was just reading a story that people should be feeding their horses hemp seeds and hemp oil instead of soy in the, that's in the grain. That's interesting. Well, yeah, it's become a big thing, apparently. And uh, these drops also contain coconut oil, which they, you know, coconut oil is supposed to heal everything in the world now, Um, which they say have antioxidants and all that stuff. But the product is supposed to help with stiffness, anxiety, immunity, wound healing, and digestive disorders. So maybe if we could put it in the neighbor's food, it would be better if we did that. Or, you know, uh, maybe we should make, bake the bad neighbors some brownies. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't waste my time. No, uh, that's some just special brownies. Like so special angry. Brownies. Could out. you imagine you guys, somebody planting something next door to your horses that you know is going to kill them? And they're like, yep, that's why we did it. Cause we, cause they want to kill your babies. Like, I know. Oh, we'd have some more problems with the gingers oleanders. I'll tell you that. right <laughs> yeah. now. So, you know, what's, Nothing good is going to come out of all of this. There's nothing good going to no. come out of this. One no, way or and I'll keep you posted because apparently she can't do anything about the what he plants on his side of the fence right. and the fact that he's just a big jerk. I mean, I, I think he just needs to be publicly shamed. And <laughs> if I knew his name, I would say it on the air because he's a big jerk. I'd just spray my fence line, you know, to make sure the weeds don't come up and make sure it's a windy day. It's yeah. blowing his direction. I uh, mean, but the problem is the leaves can like blow through the fence. It's just such a horrible, and they grow through the fence too. Just a horrible. And you know what's horrible. sad? It's the lady with the horse is going to end up having to move. That's what's sad. Just because. She just won't be able yeah. to take it anymore. Well, on a more positive note for our friends in Canada, which we have a lot of listeners up there, Ride TV. If you remember right, Ride TV, we interviewed them when they first started. I mean, way back. Before they even had their website going properly, they were, and they told us, we're going to get on major networks. We're going to be the, the TV station for horse people. Well, in Canada, they're going to get that. So TELUS Network in Canada has agreed to uh, distribute Ride TV to their customers and they have now gotten approved. So it's the TELUS Optic TV customers in Quebec, Alberta, and British Columbia will now get Ride TV, which is one of the largest uh, TV networks basically dedicated to horses. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, and they produce 90% of their content now. And remember, they had the reality shows and the fun doctor shows and all the different kinds of stuff. So that's coming to uh, Canada. You guys are going to get that soon. Lucky. <clears throat> Yeah, and now did you apply? I saw your favorite TV show was looking for people. Yeah, I'm not seven to nine uh, with a precocious attitude. Well, your son uh, could have applied. <laughs> he's almost seven. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, so what he's talking about is Heartland was doing an open casting call. You had to live in Canada. You had to be like between six and nine or something, and kind of be sassy. So just know that there's going to be some new child coming in to take over, probably Georgie's role, or I mean, not take over Georgie's role, but 
you know, Georgie was like the young Q one. And so there's going to be another one. And they've been looking like in the neighborhood. So they were trying to find somebody local and somebody close. And So we're going to have a, so, a rich, snotty brat coming in. Is that the... Probably, yeah. probably. Who knows? You know. Uh, but it's been it's been funny to watch everybody because they put it on their Facebook page as well, and everybody submitting what they think you know the person should be, and it's like you know a forty year old woman's like, "Hi, I can fit, I can do that," and like that's not at all what they're looking for. And then people are posting their like seventeen year old son, you know, and like, no, that's not a six year old girl. Like, read the thing. <laughs> Like all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I think we do need this role to be played by a 40 year old woman. I think that we'd be really smart. (laughs) All right. It is time for Sally from Heels Down Magazine joins us every couple of weeks. And she is, of course, one of the hosts on Heels Down Happy Hour as well. Hi, Sally. Hello, how are you guys doing? Good. I have Sally to think- makes a great substitute for you, by the way, Glenn. <laughs> I heard. I heard that you're trying to take my job. Um, I got to ask you, because I was trying to figure it out, what was the game that you were playing? Was it Prosecco Pong? There was like a Did drinking game you were playing? Oh. Oh. Like, oh uh, <laughs> hang on. Sorry, guys. I'm having some headphone difficulties. I'm so okay. sorry. Hang yeah, on get them second. fixed. Go ahead. Fix them up. Keep talking time. without me. All right, we can talk without you. That's what we do. I was trying to remember the drinking game that she was playing, and uh, they can, play a lot can... on their show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's a common thing. Well, okay, she's. Gonna... I'm sorry. I'm back. Okay, good. <laughs> well, she's going to be filling in for you again next week too. Uh, so for she'll for me back. or for you? No, uh, she'll be filling in f- for me. She'll be with you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I'm with Jamie here. Okay, just, let's yeah. just be clear. Girl power. <laughs> Hello. All right, so ask your question again, Jamie. So what was the drinking game you were playing with Prosecco? Was it Prosecco? Prosecco Pong. That's what I thought, yes. Yeah, you're more able to talk about that today, aren't you? <laughs> I was a wee bit. I heard you time. were, I heard, no, I heard, that's not what I heard. I heard rumors that you oh. were pretty much still drunk on the show that morning. Oh my gosh, that was not me that said that, first of all. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, who told on me? Uh, I don't know. We have a few listeners. We do have a few listeners. All right. And and it was like the day where I come in, Glenn, at 2 a.m. Okay, I got home at 2 a.m. And I did not drive home, obviously. I got home at 2 a.m. And woke up at 4.30 for this godforsaken show that I had to do. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And, And then, of course, the guest that we have booked... Is Sally to talk about Prosecco Pong. Which, <laughs> and, and the other guest, if you remember, the other guest talked yeah. about wine rides. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What ride do they drink wine? If the whole show is about alcohol, it's I hilarious. think Amy was like literally gagging the entire time. <laughs> it was it was one of those days where I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. I'm I'm dying. I don't Make and I yeah, I just mm. on a normal day she would have loved that conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You mean you guys drink and ride around vineyards while you're? Oh, that sounds amazing. This one, I was like, just I'm like, you take the interview. <laughs> I can't talk to her. No, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. <laughs> Sally, that was trial by fire right there. That was that was good. Yeah, yeah. Roll with the punches. I mean, you know, I got your back. It's fine. Look, Sugarland doesn't come around every weekend. Exactly. Thank God. <laughs> it's like a once a year kind of thing. Like you are totally allowed. 
I did see the pictures from that. It looked pretty incredible. It looks like you had a fun night. So that that was. Uh, I think I did. Yeah. I totally did. Yeah. All right, Sally. I got to congratulate you, too, before we get into your stories, because uh, Heels Down Happy Hour had a by far record month last month. Uh, yeah, got... I mean, we are just like doing super awesome. And I'm, I don't know why people are deciding like, I mean, it's awesome. But it, it's just like, it's also so weird still to always get people that are like, Oh, my gosh, I listen to your show. And I, li-, you know, I'm sure you guys get by the, the way, the that'll be weird oh, yeah. after 10 years. It's still weird. Okay, so, so it just never goes away. <laughs> no, it never goes it, away. It, let's be honest. I, like it happens to you all the time. No, it's but like, we do never. get a lot of email I, now that which we didn't get before. That's true. The emails are really nice. I do love the emails. But yeah, when people are like, I listen to your show. I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) Don't lie to me, mom. I know you don't listen, mom. (laughs) My boyfriend listened to like one episode of the podcast because I talked about him, you know, and like, so he's like, oh, yeah, listen to that part. I'm like, okay. No, your your spouse (laughs) or significant other will never, ever listen to your shows. No, I gave up on telling him that I was even on a long time ago because he doesn't care. No, it's they fine. never listen. I I've no, I don't know any host that their spouse listens. Do you know what Chad says? He's like, listen, I listen. I listen to half of it. I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't need to hear me. That's right. doesn't need to hear the rest of it. He's like, I can hear you through the walls. The like, <laughs> but congratulations. Uh, the show's doing very well. Yeah. And one of the things we've yeah. noticed, too, is that once people find it, they're going back and listening to the whole back catalog. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a neat thing too. That shows that actually shows your that they really like the show. Is if you see those numbers for the back catalog going up. So so congratulations with that too. You're doing well. Oh, thank you. Good it's job. Always nice if people like to listen to you talk about nothing. <laughs> about that's what I that's why our producer is so bizarre she just she doesn't even like horses and she listens to this nonsense. <laughs> she did say that Jemmy. You have said on occasion that you really like doing their show, though. Um, I do. I do. I get to do both of this show and Heels Down, and I enjoy both experiences. And I will say I am a big fan of – okay, I, I, I must say I try to g- blame Glenn for everyone thinking that I'm a lush. I really just – I do it to myself because I was literally about to say I'm a big fan of alcohol. <laughs> it was really fun to be able to do that show. <laughs> I might not be a big horse girl yet, yet. But I, it's coming. It's coming. And drinks. I like the cocktails. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Get me off I'm the with, microphone. I'm with my people here, Glenn. I'm with my people. Yes, you are. <laughs> that, that's a Sugarland concert. Yeah. <laughs> Sally, I what are you? I predict that the next episode with the with Sally filling in and being all girls is going to be just as silly and ridiculous as the last one. Yeah, so that'll be next Wednesday. You'll Pretty find much. that. Um, all right. So this is the scoop. Uh, we're talking about a couple of different things. One is Ashley Holzer. Tell us about Ashley. Yeah. So actually, okay. So this is always weird for me to talk about because I am such an inventor. And so reading about these people that I, I really didn't know a whole, you know, like obviously I know the name Ashley Holzer, but I had no idea that she was such a like a matriarch basically of her her barn family and so our cover this month on heels down magazine is all about ashley and it's not necessarily all about her writing accomplishments but it's about these these women that she's kind of brought up and coached and trained and mentored you know kind of throughout their whole career and it's kind of all about how the support system is um, you know, a little bit out of this world. It's crazy how supportive she is of these girls. I mean, she she basically like helped put the money together to purchase a horse for one of her students because 
you know, it was a really good partnership and she really wanted her student to do well. Um, you know, so it's a really good, excuse me, article that's really all about mentorship, which is, I think, a really important thing in the horse industry, especially if you're competing. And if you're younger, or you know, you have a coach or something like that, you really want somebody that's going to kind of guide you. And Ashley's really kind of taken it upon herself to, to make it a family affair. Wow, that's very cool. And you know, it is really cool when we hear stories about amazing barns, because you do hear a lot of the negative, right? So yeah, when you hear these, uh, these stories of the of the good people out there, I mean, and I'm glad you guys seem to highlight do that a lot. So I'm really glad that's one of the things I like about the magazine. Yeah, we really try to, you know, I think there's, there's definitely a lot to be said for the the straight coverage and news that some of the other publications are doing. And they do such an excellent job at doing that, that we thought, you know, how can we kind of fill in any other missing holes? And so that's where we kind of landed on doing these stories about people that's not necessarily about, you know, this person went to the Olympics and won this medal, but it's about, you know, Ashley and her, her, basically the title of the article is her world-class cohort. Like it's this group of girls that she's just kind of got behind her. And it's just a really cool perspective because I don't think you think of a barn family at that level of competition. Maybe for us, like the amateurs, you know, we have kind of our barn friends and our barn family, but you don't really necessarily think of that at the top levels of any discipline. And yet it's more important at the top levels than it is at our level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you have so much more that you're going through and you're under so much more pressure that, you know, you almost need to have that support system and people that are kind of going through it with you. Yeah, I think is important. I saw one of our uh, auditors, Victoria, she went over to, I think, was it Europe? Did you see that post, Jamie? She went over to Europe and her groom, she had four horses, she's competing, uh, jumpers, and her groom, after three days, she was going to be there for weeks, her groom, after three days, had to go back home for some reason, and she ended up having to do everything. And, you know, that may not sound like a lot, but when you're competing four horses in the way oh they gosh. compete... Uh, yeah. And you're having to do everything yourself. It does. It it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think that I would really want to um, go through all that. I mean, I I was a working student for a year, and grooming for that many just as a working student is a lot. So I can't imagine writing them too. <laughs> All right. So. I, I told you, I, I'm serious. I used to compete multiple horses at horse trials, and now I'm like, I get pick one. Which one of you wants to go? I'm not <laughs> taking know. all I'm you jerks saying, anymore. <laughs> it would be so cool to be like that person, you know, have like two horses at the show. I've never done that before. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, I get so stressed with one horse. I don't know what I would do if I had two or three or however four, many. The worst I did was four and it was a two day. So I had eight rides in one oh day God. and I wanted to die. Crazy. I was like, this is no fun. I did have a groom, but she was worthless. So I was like, <laughs> it makes it worse. I was like, I'll never do this again. Fortunately, it was at Pine Top, which they don't like braiding there anyway. So I didn't have to braid all the horses. But <laughs> oh my God, I was like, this is terrible. And then you see like Boyd and all, you know, Bar- even Barb Crable, all these people that ride 12 horses at a two day. Uh-huh. You're like, what yeah. is wrong with like, you? Like, no big deal. Too. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to hop on my next horse and warm it up for 30 seconds before yeah, I go and, in. And then they go like, to the what? competitor's party at, that Saturday night after cross country riding six horses, and they're up till three in the morning <laughs> drinking. If I rode six horses, I'd be dead by 6 p.m. There wouldn't yep. be no competitor's party. <laughs> like, no. They do it. All right. Speaking yeah. of eventing, the other one is a first timer's observation on eventing. Talk about that. Yeah. 
So, okay. So we went, we went to uh, the Kentucky three day this year and um, Justine, who is one of the hosts of the Heels Down Happy Hour, and she's also our editor of the magazine. Um, she came with us and this was her first trip to Kentucky. And so she, I told her, I was like, Justine, you got to go sit at the, the end of the, the vet box and you have to watch these people finish and you have to watch how they do it. Cause it's so different. And so she sat there and she's like, she's so cute. She had her little reporter's notebook out because she's a reporter, like in the real world too. And um, so she had her little reporter's notebook out and she was just watching people cool down their horses and go through all that. And, you know, like you guys have seen the vet box, it's really emotional, especially at a big event like that. And so she wrote a whole article and um, Lainey Ashker is kind of the cover photo of this particular article because one of the observations she was making was of Lainey, who was not even competing at this event, but she was there helping Elisa Wallace um, you know, with her grooming. And so it was just like watching the camaraderie and watching Michael Young walk around with his student, like holding his horse. And, um, it was really cool because Justine is not an eventer. So it's a, it's a different perspective. Like Jamie and I, like we see it and it, you know, not that it's not cool, but it's, you know, it's something that we are used to seeing. So this was a really cool perspective. She comes from the jumper side, hunter jumper side, doesn't she? She's Yeah. She's a hunter. So she really, she's definitely not used to see (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like teamwork. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) The knives aren't out, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's cool. It's, It's definitely a good nod to like kind of the emotional side of eventing and, and the, the grit and the, the, the hard work that it really takes to get to the point of that Kentucky finish box. So, um, yeah, it's just a really cool, you know, kind of a, almost like a little bit of a blog or a reporter's notebook from Kentucky, but it's definitely worth a read. I also want to remind everybody, and I know, I think, are you guys might be going, I don't know for sure, but the uh, WAG has, there are still eventing tickets available and including yeah. cross country day. Um, and they're, they just uh, notified us yesterday that they're still, apparently they don't have the volunteers that they need. So they're still asking for volunteers for a lot of different oh, things. Yeah, I would totally do that. So uh, they need volunteers for the whole two weeks. They have, uh, apparently they need volunteers in the information booth, greeters, shuttle cart drivers, ushers, hospitality. Uh, in the media booth. Yeah, we need the volunteers in there to because apparently we're supposed to have free food this year. Accreditation and all kinds of other stuff. So they need volunteers and uh, uh, they put you up and um, do all kinds of things. But you can go to volunteers.tryon2018.com to get that information. Cool <clears throat> Are you guys going? Yeah, yeah, we got our media accreditation. I'm super excited. And um, this will be my first trip. Well, I went to Wagon 2010, actually. I drove, I lived in Missouri at the time, and I got up at three in the morning. For, I don't know why. I think I had to, I don't know why I left at three in the morning. It was crazy. Um, and then drove straight to Kentucky and went on like a cross country chorus walk with Boyd Martin or something. And then that was it. And well, I drove back home. Like, I will, before showing. <laughs> I t- will tell you, we got uh, the press release yesterday too about security. They have 14 different government agencies that are Holy working cow. together to provide security and it will be tight. We did confirm for everybody that you will be parking off site, uh, <clears throat> except for media and sp- Sponsors or somebody, everybody else will be parking off-site and bust in. 
Um, there will be security checkpoints at the site where you park your cars before you get on the buses, and then again before you get in the grounds. Um, oh, wow. So it and they they actually said there'll be metal detectors this year, which we didn't have in 2010. Remember in 2010 they really searched every you know bags and all that, but they didn't have metal detectors this year. They're even having metal detectors, and apparently there'll be helicopters. There'll be all kinds of stuff. So holy cow! Uh, FBI is involved. Homeland Security is involved. Just uh, it's going to be wicked. So it's a big deal. Yeah, there will be serious security there. Good to know. Yep. All right, Sally. Thank you so much for joining us and have fun next week co hosting. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank right, you. Guys. Now tell everybody where they can get the magazine and also how they listen to your show before you go. Yeah. So you can find the magazine um, in our free Heels Down Magazine app. You can download it on uh, the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Uh, you can download any of our issues through that app. So you can take a look and read all the good stuff. And you can also catch up with our web content and get some previews of the magazine on heelsdownmag.com. And um, of course, don't forget twice a month, last uh, second and last Friday of every month is the Heels Down Half Hour Podcast Fresh Episodes. Very good. Thank you, Sally. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye. So things are really getting interesting in the book now, and we're going to get to the book in just one second. But Can uh, I take, a, can I take yeah. a moment to vent for a second yeah. <laughs> about... There's a certain age of person that should not be on Facebook. I just cannot get my mother to understand <laughs> what it is and how it works. Okay. I just got a notification that my mother shared a post. I'm like, oh God. Okay. So I click on the post and it is a mattress from a marketplace post. <laughs> and she shared it with the title. How old is this mattress and how is it used? Oh, yes. Like, Mama, he's not going to see that. You shared his post. It's on your page. It's on my page. It's on everybody's page, but it's not his. He's not going to see your questions. I have been over this and over this on how this works. And I can get nowhere with her. And I think over 70, just stop it. Stop the madness. I agree. I'm not going to say any more. And I think actually somebody else on this phone or on this show would agree too. Um, we've we've had this conversation, so it's <laughs> so so so. I'm so withholding opinion. Yeah, I'm not uh, saying much either. My mom is not listening. Uh, I can tell you that she called me the other day, and she's like, um, "I'm really tired of Larry, her husband, getting on my Facebook page. So I would like him to have his own Facebook page. How do I do? No. That? <laughs> How do I do that? And I was like. I know, please, God. Uh, and, uh, okay, mom, here's the deal. You got to create a new account. Okay, I said, go to the app store on his phone and find Facebook. Okay, I found Facebook. Wait, they need my um, iTunes password. I go, we'll put it in. I don't know what it is. <laughs> mom, you have to know what your iTunes password is to download any new apps. Well, how do I find what that is? Well, I don't know, mom. Type in the normal passwords you use. I don't know. <laughs> So she, I'm like, well, just start a new iTunes account. How do I do that? Oh my God. I'm going to put my head in the toilet right now. Like I can't listen to this anymore. Then I said, just hit the button. This is create new account. Okay. I hit create new account. And it said, it said, are you sure you want to create a new account? What do I do? <laughs> I don't know. Click yes. 
I'm so glad, actually, in one way that my parents aren't here anymore because I don't have to put up with that. And actually, when computers first came out and email and websites started and all that, um, my dad got into it big time. So I never had that problem. We were asking him for advice. He really got into it. And he was retired at the time, but he loved the internet. And he, he, he just told us all how to figure it out. So oh we never had that problem. But uh, So I comment under the post. I'm like, Mom, you shared this. He won't see this. And then I commented, oh, wait, you won't see this either. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, can we just him. stop with, the, with that and talk about the fundamental? You don't buy a used mattress, ever. <laughs> That's why she's asking, is it used? And it clearly says in the ad, brand new. The big brown ba- spots on mattress. it probably are an indication in the picture, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no used mattress ever. All right. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, Mary and Jennifer will be here answering your questions. And then on Friday, I'll be coming to you live with, uh, with Lisa Waisaki, live in person, uh, sitting beside each other from the American Horse Publications Conference in Hunt Valley, Maryland. So I'll be up there leaving tomorrow. So we'll be having the rest of the week show. There will not be a really bad ads this week, but we'll send them in for next week. Jennifer has absconded with some really cool prizes for next week. So we'll let you know about that as well but now it is time murders have happened and finally i think we found bubba so (laughs) let's take the end of last chapter was uh she was basically shoved into a cave and locked in there so that's right that's Uh, what happened last all right and here we go so where you left us the Opium Equation is the first of the Cat and Wright mystery series written by Lisa Thank you, Jamie. Wysocki. It features Cat and Wright, a Tennessee Appaloosa horse trainer, Darcy Whitcomb, teenager with a trust fund, Bubba Henley, a budding juvenile delinquent, and John Gardner, a mysterious barn manager. And of course, there's Sally Blue. Thank you to the publisher Cool Titles for allowing us to read this book. If you want to read ahead, all four books in the series are available in stores and online everywhere or at lisawysaki.com. Chapter 30. Bubba? I groaned as I eased myself forward step by step, fully conscious for the first time of the additional damage sustained in my ribs and left arm. I was also conscious of the fact that it probably didn't matter anymore, but for the time being, I was alive. I was ahead of the game. I was also conscious of the fact that whatever you are most afraid of, chances are you're going to have to deal with that exact fear at some point in your life. There couldn't be any more fearful situation for me than to be in a blackened cave. Yet, Here I was. I'd rather walk barefoot through a room full of snakes. Well, almost. Bubba, I called again. I hadn't heard anything from him for quite a few minutes. I flashed the light backwards. I didn't think I'd missed any turnoffs. Nope, hadn't. I turned the light once more, dead ahead. Carefully, cautiously, I walked down the descending slope of the tunnel. And here, while still dry, it was considerably damper than the beginning of the passage. It was hard not to notice I was getting cold. Cave temperatures hover around 55 degrees. Add that to the fact that I was soaking wet from the rain, badly scraped from my encounter with the bricks on the kitchen floor, and now covered in mud. I longed for a hot shower and almost lost control of my battered emotions when it hit me that I might not get one ever. Ahead was a sharp turn to the left that opened onto a room similar to the one that barred me by the wooden door. I stopped at the wide entrance. The ceiling was lower here, barely six feet in most places. In the gloomy light, I could make out an old picnic table, much longer and taller than those seen today. 
There were several old washtubs, some scrapes of musty material that had once been rags, and bits of broken glass. I guessed that this was where Colonel Sam had mixed his special brand of laudanum. At the far end were two openings. Bubba? Silence. Bubba, can you hear me? Cat, I'm here. Although still muffled, Bubba's voice sounded closer. Quite close, in fact. Where, Bubba? I don't know. He started crying again. Bubba, think. Tell me what's around you. What can you see? Can't see nothing, he hollered between crying spells. It's pitch black and there's water. All around there's water. It's up past my knees. Shoot. Okay, Bubba. Hang tight. I'm coming. First, I tried the passage on the right. It was cramped, level path, but when I turned back, when it took a sharp upward swing and narrowed to an impenetrable slit. Besides, Bubba had said there was water. To me, that meant I should be descending, not ascending. Going back, I noticed the flashlight was dimmer than when I started out, but so far it was holding its own. Back in the room, I entered the second passage. My shoulder felt as if it was going to fall off. Actually, as much as it hurt, I thought it would be an improvement if it did. I had to breathe in short, tight breaths to avoid the exacto knives that were twisting around my ribs. The second path also began fairly level, but before long, it began a sharp downward turn. Bubba? Yeah? Cat? I was getting close. I slipped as the damp ground turned to water and landed butt first with the thump and a splash. The jar of the fall hurt my arm and ribs so badly that my abdominal muscles had been pushing up the remains of Vername's cooking. After I realized, I had instinctively kept my right arm raised so the flashlight wouldn't get wet. I take back what I said earlier. Earlier, I'd crawl through a room full of snakes before choosing to be down here without a light. Cat, I can't. I can see you. I can see your light. I stood up in six inches of muddy water and waved the light around. The passage grew wider here and continued ahead for another twenty feet or so, where it stopped abruptly. The walls meeting not a floor, but a large pool of water that covered most of the chamber, including where I now sat. I saw movement to my left and pointed the light that direction. My heart stopped. A large, round, slime-covered shape that I assumed was Bubba was tied by his hands to a long chain that led to a large metal ring set up about seven feet up. Around his wrists were tight padded cuffs similar to those used on training farms to hobble the front legs of horses. The water was indeed up past his knees. I splashed over to Bubba as quickly as I could and enveloped him with my good arm. We both cried with relief, the water swirling gently around us. Cat, he finally gulped. I'm sorry I smell so bad. I told him truthfully I hadn't noticed. I couldn't help it, none. I had to go, and my hands were all bound up. So, well, I peed all over myself in number two, too. The confession brought on another round of tears. I felt a renewed spurt of anger against Adam, for Bubba to be humiliated was so unthinkable. I wished Adam could be tied down here for a week, seeing how he felt after peeing all over himself. On second thought, where Adam was concerned, a week wasn't long enough. Bubba eventually rallied with a big sigh and a final round of snuffles. What happened to your arm? I uh, fell, I said. I didn't want to upset Bubba more by telling him the truth. I bet that sorry bastard Adam had something to do with it, didn't he? When he realized I wasn't going to answer that one, he asked, Do you think you can get us out? I don't know, I replied. I'm sure going to try. First, we've got to get you untied from here. Upon closer inspection, I realized Bubba was bound by a set of horse hobbles. Two sets, actually, as his ankles were also bound. I wondered briefly if the hobbles were missing from my barns or Hill's. Neither, I guessed. I had one set, and nobody could pull anything from Hill's barn without his dogs around. Both of these sets had been modified by removing the six inches or so of chain between the two padded nylon cuffs and replacing it with one heavy link. 
The result was that Bubba's hands and legs were so closely bound as to render them totally useless. The heavy link between his hands was attached to a long chain of equal weight that led to the ring in the upper wall. At least the chain was long enough to let Bubby move around a little, sit down, and keep his arms moving. I think the best way is to try to get the cuffs off. It doesn't look like that chain is going to cooperate. They're awful tight, he replied. I agreed they were. There were two small padlocks on each buckle, but nothing I did released the lock. Bubba, listen. Back up the hill, there's a room with a table and a wash tub. Do you remember it? He shook his head as huge tears dripped from his eyes. All I remember is waking up here. Well, there's some broken glass there. I'm going to go to that room, get the glass, and come right back. Do you understand? I'm coming right back. Bubba's body was shaking with cold and fear, but he nodded that he understood. I sloshed through the cold water and up the incline and picked up as many of the larger glass pieces as I could and sloshed my way back. Bubba was still shaking when I returned. I was afraid he was going into shock. Deep breaths, Bubba, deep breaths. It felt cold enough to hang meat in here. Bubba must be freezing, starving, exhausted, and who knows, knows what else. I prayed that after all he'd been through, his body wouldn't let him down now. He had to make it. I gritted my teeth. He would make it. I have no idea how long it took. It could have been 10 minutes or it could have been an hour. My fingers were bloodied with cuts, but I was able to cut through the heavy fleece and nylon to free Bubba's hands. Together, we splashed and hopped to dry ground where I immediately went to work on the hobbles around his legs. Thank goodness that didn't take nearly as long. Weakened by the continual exposure to the water, the material cut more easily. As soon as he was free of all restraints, I started Bubba swinging his arms, first one by one and then together, back and forth, up and down, around and around. I was hoping the movement would bring some warmth into his body and feeling into his fingers. I don't know much about human first aid, but I was a regular pro when it came to equine medical emergencies. When horses were stiff and cold, you wanted to keep them moving. The principles couldn't be all that different, I thought. Bubba was just a small horse in a human body. When the numbness was history, he protested that he could swing no more. We both collapsed on the floor. Eventually, I knew we'd have to figure a way out. But for now, this was enough. I positioned Bubba so he was lying with his head lower than his feet, and I hoped the blood would rush to his brain. I also pulled every stitch of his wet lower clothing from him. Shoes, socks, jeans, underwear. It said a lot for Bubba's physical state that he didn't protest. Although Agnes's new trench coat that I had so painfully draped over my shoulders was now mostly wet, there were still a few dry spots that I used to wipe the worst of the damp off Bubba before I, before I covered him with it. Then, with a warning to Bubba, I turned the flashlight off and the darkness descended. I waited for panic to arrive, for the hyperventilating to begin, for the sheer terror to come, but although I waited, nothing happened. I'd been through so much, my body was too busy to be frightened. My body had its hands full, just trying to stay alive. After an eon, I said, hey, Bubba, you awake? He groaned in answer. I was, meanwhile, asking myself the same question and getting a very painful answer, so I knew that meant yes. In addition to everything else, my fingers now throb from all the glass cuts. Lord, I thought, when can I give up? Sooner or later, I need to just lie down and die. But not yet. Not just yet. First, I had to get Bubba out. Somehow, my body continued to function. My heart pumped great amount of blood to my head and injured arm. My fingers bled freely. My ribcage felt as it had been kicked by a mule. I wanted nothing more to stop, to stay right where I was and rest. Let the angels come and get me. But I thought getting out of here was simply a case of mind over matter. I had to do this. Had to. Bubba was counting on me. Finally, Bubba groaned, rolled over, and sat up and said in a clear, sensible voice, Okay, how the hell do we get out of here? Mm -hmm. 